Good morning again. Um, it's my privilege to be able to bring uh, God's Word to you today. As many of you know, uh, Pastor Lucas is on a, a short mission trip uh, in Egypt. He spent the past, I guess it's been almost two weeks, um, teaching and training uh, preaching, which we all know, of course, is um, something that God has truly gifted him in. And I understand he's going to be back tomorrow ish. Tomorrow. So uh, please be praying for him for a uh, safe return. But before we get started, I have just two quick kind of questions. Um, I'm kind of calling out to everybody who thinks they might be interested in learning about um, an earthworm's one way digestive tract. Now, I have to say, it's probably not, it's not something I know a lot about. Um, I kind of remember back to maybe sixth grade science when uh, we were learning about uh, the digestive tract of an earthworm. Uh, I don't have any formal training. Uh, my, I guess my resume in this area is not real strong, but any takers that want to know about that? We got one, two, you know, a couple of those uh, sciencey people. Okay, well, how about if I had put out a call to those who might be interested in learning about the health benefits of pot liquor? Now, a lot of people might, I'm seeing don't even know what pot liquor is. It's a uh, kind of a southern thing. Um, it's the juice or the broth left over after boiling greens, like collard greens or kale or, I don't know, that kind of stuff. And to be perfectly honest, again, I've never had it, never made it, never even really seen it, but I understand it makes sense that you have that stuff. Maybe there's some health benefits to it, but it's, again, I don't have a really good resume for that, but uh, any takers on that? Yeah, we got a little bit again for those people. Well, for good or bad, I'm sorry to disappoint, that's not what we're talking about today. Um, but there is a call that's out there right now, and the resume that we're going to go through today of this uh, is really strong. Wisdom is calling. And she's urgently calling us because her pathway is the way to life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you're the giver of life, Lord. And as we dig into this uh, passage this morning, Lord, we just pr pray that you would Reveal your truths, Lord. I pray that you would use me to uh, share this call of wisdom and to encourage people into heeding that call into discipleship. Lord, we just pray that we can set aside all the things going on in our life and focus on you and, and this call from wisdom, Lord. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. So I'm sure many of you, as we just talked a second about resumes, obviously my resume in those areas is not so great. Um, but we're all familiar with what a resume is, right? I mean, it basically tells you about, about someone. Um, you know, about who they are, their experiences, their endorsements, their credentials, you know, things like that. That's kind of what's happening here in Proverbs chapter 8. Um, wisdom has a call for us and then she goes for the you know the most of the chapter it's kind of her credentials telling us who she is 
and what wisdom is and why most importantly why should we even listen to this call and we should listen because wisdom's call leads us to the path of life a life with Jesus Christ so it's kind of a long passage um, 36 verses and so we're going to break this up into a couple different sections and the first section is wisdom's call which is verses 1 through 6 so let's read um, the first six verses does not wisdom call does not understanding raise her voice on the heights beside the way at the crossroads she takes her stand beside the gates in front of the town at the entrance of the portal she cries aloud to you O men I call and my cry is to the children of man O simple ones learn prudence O fools learn sense we'll stop there in verse 1 it's clear wisdom call is rhetorical right I mean, the answer is, yes, wisdom's calling. It's kind of like if someone were to say, hey, Aaron, if, if I'm going to make some delicious oatmeal cookies, would you eat one? Pfft, yeah, of course I would. So you don't even have to ask that question, right? That's kind of what this is. You know I had to get a little oatmeal cookie thing into the, as I, um, but that's kind of what this call is. Wisdom is trying to get our attention, and she's calling out to everyone. Look at verse 2 and 3. The heights beside the way, beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrances of the portals. She's calling out everywhere, not in secret, not in the darkness like Lady Desire from chapter 7 last week. She's out in the town. She's, it's like our churches being out, the calls in our churches, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our communities, in front of the government buildings, at the grocery stores. And why is it in that area? Why is she calling out there? Because where does the world tell us? Where do we get our wisdom or knowledge of the world? Unfortunately, everywhere. Where do we find false teaching? In our churches. Where do we hear the, the focus on you and you can have anything you want? It's whatever's important to you. It's at all those places. So wisdom is out in the open boldly, calling out. And she's doing it where the people are. Again, in front of our neighbors, our coworkers, our government officials, our enemies, our peers, our friends. She's calling out on the street where we live. Interestingly enough, isn't that where we're called to share our faith? So wisdom's out here calling us to this wisdom, and that's where we're supposed to be anyway, right? We're supposed to be talking about our faith, about Jesus Christ, in these exact places. I thought that was interesting. But this is not a general call, not just a general call. It's not just a, hey, anyone that cares to listen, hey, come listen to me. It is that, but it's also a personal call. So, have you ever been sitting in a sermon, maybe for Pastor Lucas, and he's clearly preaching to everybody out here, 
And as he's going along, you're thinking, is he talking to me? Is that, how did he know that? How does he know that about me? How does he know that I'm struggling with it? Or how does he know that I was just thinking about that this week? So it's kind of like that. It's that, yes, that message is to the whole church, the whole body there, but it's also there's that moment of it's speaking to you and to you and to you. Um, and that's what, that's what wisdom's call is. The call's personal and not just a general call. Verse 4 says, you Men, children of men. How about the the um, simple or the foolish? I don't think that wisdom is talking about um, the mentally challenged. I think it's really just talking about, you know, we do foolish things, right? We, we all make crazy decisions um, that sometimes, I think we've talked about, I know Ben's talked about in the sermon, that sometimes it may not be sinful, but it's just foolish, um, maybe imagine if you're having a dinner at your house, you've got 10 or 15 people, and uh, the first course is you're going to serve soup. So you hand out the soup, everybody's got their soup, and it's, you say, hey, just to caution you, the soup's really hot. You know, so maybe wait a second, let it cool before you, you have that soup. So you can't even get it out, those words out of your mouth, and someone's sitting there <laughs> starting to slurp it up, and sure enough, that person starts saying, oh, my, my tongue is burning, my tongue is burning. And you're like, hey, you, guy, Bryce, you might do that. Uh, <laughs> Bryce, if you, I just said, if you would let it cool, you wouldn't burn your tongue. It's, it's that kind of, that foolishness, and listen to some sense. So it seems like right now would be a good time to ask a question. And it's a question that every parent is familiar with. Why? We all have heard that from our kids, right? Why? Why do I have to do that? Why do I need to listen to you? Why can't I go here? Why, why, why? So that question is, well, why? Why do we need to listen to wisdom? God could have just said, because I said so. Which we've done as parents, unfortunately, sometimes. (laughs) Um, But that's not what he says. The next 26 verses, verses 6 through 31, this is that resume. God's laying out wisdom's resume in those those verses. And uh, wisdom is basically telling you who she is and and what you can do, what her experiences and endorsements and all that kind of stuff. And it finishes up with, why you should choose wisdom. So we're going to look at uh, these next uh, verses, verses 6 through 31. We're going to split it into, it's, it's split into basically two groups, uh, 10 through, or excuse me, 12 through, uh, well, 6 through 11, and then we're going to do 10 through 21 and 22 through 36. So wisdom's resume tells us that she speaks the truth. Let's read verses 6 through 11. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous, and there's nothing twisted or crooked in them. 
They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot even compare with her. Wisdom's call is respectable and reliable. And wisdom is not like the wicked world. We were just talking about, you know, she's out here making this call in the community where the people are to combat the foolishness, the evil, the things that are in the world. In Proverbs 2, earlier in our series in Proverbs, uh, if you look at Proverbs 2, verses 12 through 15, it says, Delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake the paths of uprightness and walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delighting in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. That's what wisdom's combating. That's what, why she's out there calling out to where the people are. Here in Proverbs, it's clearly that this is Wisdom's the opposite of all that stuff that's going on. Wisdom's saying, I don't lead you down that crooked path. Look at verse 6. This is what wisdom is saying. Noble things like lofty topics and excellent knowledge, right things. Verse 7, wisdom's mouth will utter truth. So it's kind of like her resume saying, I I utter truth. Hire me. You'll get accuracy and dependability. I mean, that's what we're looking for. Wisdom's words in verse 8, from her mouth are righteous and not twisted and crooked. So again, if you look at it in that resume, it's hire me. You're going to get straight talk, no games. And wisdom is purposeful and purposely calling us to knowledge. Look at verse 9. The goal's our instruction is to give instruction. To give instruction and knowledge. It's not just gathering up useless knowledge. It's purposeful knowledge. It's not knowledge like how many uh, marshmallows can you stuff in your mouth all at one time? You know, there, I'm sure there's a Guinness, there is a Guinness uh, record for that. But that's not what we're talking about. This is purposeful knowledge. Wisdom is ultimately the call to a life of discipleship, a way to a life with God. Paul made the same call in Philippians 4, 8, and 9. I'm sure many of you are familiar with this passage. He says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, is of good repute, if there is any excellence anything worthy of praise dwell on these things the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me practice these things and the God of peace will be with you that's what that's what wisdom's call is that's what her knowledge the kind of knowledge that she wants us to have and just in case you're interested the record for stuffing marshmallows in all at one time 44 
and it was a woman, in, in, uh, which I don't know why that surprised me, but it was a woman also in Australia a couple years back. There's your useless knowledge for the day. Um, but the kind of knowledge that wisdom is talking about is careful, precise knowledge. The knowledge of God. What wisdom has to offer is so great, so awesome, it's better than any kind of worldly wealth or worldly thing we could possibly want. Look at verse 10. It says, take my instruction instead of silver, my knowledge rather than gold. Verse 11 says, wisdom is better than jewels. Now, I don't know about you, but I mean, there's a part of me that says, if I had a tree in my backyard and it had uh, you know, gold acorns on it, and I could go harvest those acorns, and the next day it's full of gold acorns again, that would be tempting, right? I mean, that would be kind of interesting to have all that piles of, of gold there. Problem is, is that kind of wealth, that doesn't help us get to the end game. Our end game is to, to be with God. And you can't take that with you anyway. That's not what the kind of wealth we're talking about here. True wisdom always leads to personal righteousness. And personal righteousness always allows us to grow in God's wisdom. It teaches us how to please the Lord. And isn't that what we're here for? We're here to glorify God. Wisdom's resume is looking pretty good now. And we've just got we're just getting started. She's doing it out in the open. She's calling us with a personal call. She speaks truthfully, and her instruction is is worth more than any other worldly wealth. But what's in wisdom's life? What's she like? That's what we're going to talk about now here in uh, the next several verses. Wisdom is going to directly describe herself in the next 20 verses. Uh, verses 12 through 31, and we'll break that into two parts. Verses 10 through 12, we see her self-description, her assets. And verses 22 through 31, we're going to see her at her presence at creation. And so um, you can see how this kind of looks like a resume. She's kind of laid this out, had this call. We've got you know, who, now we're going to learn who she is and then kind of her history. So let's read um, verses 10 through 21. And behold, oh, sorry, wrong one, wrong side of the page there. Um, Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Verse 12, here's where I meant to start. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule and nobles all who govern justly. And I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring wealth and righteousness, my fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. 
I walk in the way of righteousness, in the path of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. In verse 12 through 14, we can see wisdom's attributes. Prudence, knowledge, and discretion. It's the exact same uh, attributes that in chapter 1, verse 4, is being used to describe wisdom, prudence, knowledge, and discretion. But look at verse 12. It says, to dwell. This implies closeness, right? Closeness to prudence. And the Hebrew word for prudence is orma, which translated could be trickery and discretion, but it also can be cleverness. In this passage, it's being used as cleverness. I think wisdom is saying is if, if you have wisdom, you'll know how to navigate life with prudence and discretion. She's not talking about, um, hey, let me use my wisdom to take advantage of. You know, as you're looking at the, the different commentaries, you know, they're discussing, well, why would they use those words? Well, that would have been respected if you were, if you were clever, you know, to do business in the market or whatever. Um, that would have been important. But I think you'll be able to, to use the cleverness when you're walking your path as a Christian and you can recognize false teachers, you can, as you're walking down the path, you can dodge that pothole of sin when, you're, uh, when the temptation comes. In the second part of 12, it says, I find knowledge. So, and I think that's wisdom just uh, modeling a believer's walk of virtue, right? I mean, we're constantly, we accept Christ, but that's not it. We're not done at that point. We spend the rest of our lives seeking more knowledge, gaining insight into God's word and getting to know and have a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But to further cement that we're not talking about like cunning and trickery to take advantage of people, stuff like that, look at verse 13. It's right, kind of stuck right in between verse 12 and 14. 12 and 14, 12 is talking about the assets of wisdom and 14 is talking about the assets of wisdom and 13 drops right in the middle. Interestingly enough, right after she just said, hey, you know, you, you, can, you have this cleverness. But verse 13 says, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, perverted speech I hate. I think it just reinforces that we're talking about using prudence and discretion in our walk with the Lord, learning to fear the Lord. Certainly not meant to take advantage of people and further your own personal gain. And then in 14, we go back to wisdom's attributes, counsel and sound wisdom. And counsel here is more than just um, a suggested path. You know, when you, when you tell people, or maybe you have an example of, of um, I'm talking to my son, and he's got a test the next day, and I say, hey, you really should go to bed early tonight. Because if you stay up half the night, goofing around, doing whatever, you're going to be tired in the morning, you're not going to do well on your test. So I'm, I'm giving some counsel to my child based on experiences I've had, seen, seen in him, 
But I don't really know if, is he going to do poorly tomorrow? Maybe. Maybe I'm right. Maybe he will do poorly because he didn't get enough sleep. Maybe he aces the test because he already has it all stored up in his head. That's kind of the, that's not what we're talking about here. That's like that general knowledge. I think wisdom is talking about being very specific. Um, the Hebrew for counsel is Isa. It is used 85 times in the Bible, and it's always, almost always, ultimately means advising with wisdom that this path leads to a life and God's plan. Very different than me giving counseling on whether or not he gets a good grade on his test or not, or he studies or retains that knowledge. It's giving knowledge and saying, and going to the Bible and giving counsel and saying, look, this is what God's word says. If you don't follow God's word, you have death to look forward to. But if you follow God's word, if you accept wisdom, you have life. That's the kind of counsel that we're talking about. Verse 15 and 16, they're linked to uh, 12 through 14 by the words, by me. Verse 12 was, I, wisdom, and now it's by me, me, of course, being wisdom. So wisdom, by me, rulers rule justly, not just because they're awesome, but by wisdom, by having that wisdom, they can rule justly. Wisdom gets the credit. It's God's plan. It's not those rulers that ha- just have this great knowledge. It's that wisdom. And riz- wisdom rewards that, that are listed in the climax of this section, 17 through 21, are love, riches, and honor. Now, if someone were offering you love, riches, and honor, everybody would, would want that, right? I know I would want love, riches, and honor. I mean, it's, it sounds... Amazing. In verse 17, we'll start off with, do you, do you feel the sincere care of wisdom? There's no hidden agenda. Wisdom loves us if we listen to her call. There's no secret plan to deceive us. For wisdom, our welfare is her main aim. We see that same connection of, of back and forth in, uh, with God. In the second half of uh, 1 Samuel 2.30, it says, For those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. That's what wisdom is saying. Wisdom is for believers, not non-believers. Non-believers don't like what wisdom has to offer. They don't like her resume. To truly seek wisdom, you have to know wisdom. It requires a heart change. God's got to change your heart. Wisdom doesn't come until we know Christ. Just like we have to have a heart change in order to accept Jesus Christ, wisdom's not something you can uh, coerce into to giving you that uh, knowledge. You can't try to talk her into it. It has to be something that God freely gives to us. 
In verse 18, there are those riches and honor and the enduring wealth. But look at, look at the are with me. It doesn't say, here, let me just give you a bunch of riches and honor whether you do anything or not. It says, those are with me. Those are wisdom's blessings, right? They require the pursuit of wisdom. They require that heart change. And the wealth we're talking about is enduring, lasting wealth. It's, again, not the piled-up gold. It's not the big houses or the cars or all that rubbish that the world is, is telling us is important. It's lasting wealth. So the lover of wisdom doesn't choose silver and gold. It's not because wisdom re- wisdom's rewards can't include wealth. It's just that's not the focus. That's not a lover of wisdom. Is, that's not their goal in life is to see how much money they can pile up. The goal in life, of course, has to be a life with God. In all of Proverbs, at least chapters 1 through 9, the father admonishes the son to walk in the path of righteousness. And now the tables are kind of turned because wisdom is saying, hey, I walk in the ways of righteousness, in the paths of justice, and I'm here to grant an inheritance. That's just how wisdom rolls. Walks in the way of righteousness, paths of justice, and here to give inheritance. That's that's part of her resume. That sounds attractive to me. Let's quickly recap. She lives with prudence and seeks knowledge, and she does this without pride and arrogance. She gives counsel that when followed leads to life. Wisdom loves you and will make you her, make herself readily available to you if you would just seek her out. And if that's not enough, if you have wisdom, you will have riches, honor, and enduring health. Now we have a shift happening from verse 21. That's where this kind of section ends of her her assets, who she is. And we switch to, uh, well, in in verse uh, 22, it says, I wisdom, or excuse me, in 12, it says, I wisdom. Look at verse 22, it says, the Lord. So this section begins with the Lord, and, sec- and the uh, verse 31 ends with humanity. So we have a shift from the assets to past experiences. So let's read verse 21, or excuse me, 22 through 31. <clears throat> the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there was no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields, or first of the dust of the world, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundation of the earth, then I was beside him 
like a master workman. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his habited world and delighting in the children of man. That's powerful. Tracing wisdom back to its beginning, this gives her the highest honor, the highest rank, authority, dignity. Who else can claim that? Woman folly can't. She wasn't there. The world, the people giving us this crazy knowledge these days, they weren't there at the beginning with God. Being the one who observed creation, wisdom was there from its beginning. This is the one who knows the whole story, the only one who has the knowledge to give counsel. Imagine you could say on your resume, hey, you know that whole creation thing where God created the world? I was there. And not only was I there, but I was beside God like a master workman delighting in him and him delighting in me. That's pretty cool to be able to put on your resume. Derek Kidner in one of his commentaries said this, You have to be godly to be wise. And this is not because godliness pays, but because the only wisdom by which you can handle everyday things in conformity with the nature is the wisdom by which they were divinely made and ordered. So, basically he's saying, how can you, how can you create some kind of order in our world today if you don't understand God's plan? I mean, you can create your own order, but we see what happens. You know, there's that joke, we make plans and God laughs. Um, he had an order. He had a plan. And wisdom was there. It wasn't like, oh, let me just throw a moon here and toss some stars over there. It was structured. It was ordered. And wisdom was there to to see that. A quick note that in verse 24, it says, wisdom was brought forth. And then in verse 22, going back to, it says, the Lord possessed me. The NIV says, um, brought forth, and a few versions, uh, other translations say created me. There's a lot of debate about um, did wisdom create, was wisdom created uh, by God? You know, is wisdom Jesus? You know, there's a lot of things, you know, there's a lot of discussion. You read pages and chapters on it. But I think the most important thing to take from that is that um, wisdom is from God. We can't, again, we talked about how we can't have wisdom without God. And we can't shut down wisdom because it's God's. Look at Proverbs 3.19. It says, The Lord by wisdom has founded the earth. In John 1, 1 and 2, you all know this passage. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Wisdom is a part of God. It was there in the beginning. 
Verses 27 and 29, wisdom delighted and celebrated in God's creative decree and and that gave lasting structure to the cosmos. Just what we're talking about. There was an order there and there was a plan. And if you look at verse 15, if you look back there, it was talking about wisdom, by wisdom rulers can justly rule and they can issue, they could issue decrees that could give lasting structure so wisdom was there when God created it, and now by wisdom, rulers can have a structured, lasting society. Because the person giving counsel was there at the beginning to see what God's plan was. In verse 30, we change, there's a change on the resume from I was there, but now I was a participant. It's almost like a wisdom was a child and her father, right? The father was doing these awesome things, creating this world, and imagine wisdom being like, holy mackerel, look at this. It was amazing. There was joy and laughing and in awe. And, and wisdom was delighting in the father, and God was delighting in wisdom. It was kind of like, have you ever done a project maybe with your father or mother or maybe with your son or daughter, a loved one, someone you care about? And maybe it's a a hard project. Maybe it takes a lot of time, sweat and effort, a lot of thought. Maybe it takes a long time. But when you look back at it, what do you remember? You remember the time you spent with the person that was doing it. You might remember, I building this and I hammered my thumb but you remember that time sharing in with each other delighting with each other having that special moment I wonder if that's what it was like wisdom can say I laughed and delighted in God at the creation of the earth and he delighted in me so we come to the end Wisdom has made her case. We're at the end of her resume. She doesn't really need to say too much more about herself. So she returns to her first concern, which is us. She's trying to recruit us, the one she's trying to make disciples of. So she gives them a beatitude. Let's read verses 32 through 36. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Wisdom is saying, listen to me. I'm not just spouting out a bunch of useless information. Wisdom's making a passionate plea in this test, hoping to evoke an obedient response. Discipleship. And discipleship is not just gathering up knowledge. Discipleship is making a decision. 
Discipleship is making a decision. Here or disdain. That's it. Those are the options. Whether it's wisdom calling, listen to me, or it's Jesus, the greater wisdom, calling, follow me. The second beatitude is basically saying, you've got to be all in. You can't have one foot with wisdom and one foot in the world, and when it's convenient, listen to the the stuff you're hearing from the world, and then when it's convenient over here, oh, I'm feeling a little bad, I'm going to listen to wisdom this time. You've got to be waiting there. Fire door. All in for wisdom. So in conclusion, you ask, how do I apply this? What do I do with this in my life? In some ways I think it's easy. Wisdom is calling. She has given us this amazing list, this resume, if you want to call it that, of why we should listen, who she is, the benefits of wisdom. And I know I keep repeating these, and I'm going to repeat real quickly again. I want you to hear and be thinking about this. She lives with prudence and she seeks knowledge. She does this without pride and arrogance. She gives counsel That when followed leads to life with Jesus Christ. Wisdom loves you and will make herself readily available to you if you would just seek her out. If you have wisdom, you will have riches and honor and enduring wealth beyond your wildest dreams. She was there when the world was created. She participated in delighting in the Lord and the Lord delighting in her. And you are blessed favor from the Lord when you choose wisdom. But here's the thing. You have to choose. This is the ultimate life and death. Choose wisdom and life in Christ and obtain favor from the Lord. But choose to hate wisdom Follow folly, and what you have coming is death. Brothers and sisters, I encourage you to choose now. This day, right now, whom will you serve? Both make clear the consequences of your choice. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, You give us your words. You've given us this call to wisdom, Lord. You've laid out this resume, this all these awesome blessings. Lord, I pray that this week as we leave here, that we sense this urgency of this call, that wisdom's calling us. She's calling out to us all over. All the different people, Lord, I just pray that we would answer that call, that we would follow wisdom, that we would not run from the things of wisdom. Lord, that we would choose life everlasting with you. Pray this in your son's name.